0: Listening to the Dreaming of Freedom Podcast and the Two Sense FC Network.
1: All right, welcome back to the Dreaming of Freedom Podcast, where we talk about all things black soccer in MLS. I'm Jermaine. I'm
2: Callie. They call me AD. And we are members of Black Herons United, an independent black supporters group for inner Miami and all things black soccer in South Florida.
0: For episode 22, we're doing things a little differently. Since the MLS is on a break, uh, we'll be covering League's Cup action, catching you up on a historic World Cup, and updating you on the racism problem in MLS. So stay tuned to catch it all.
1: All right, y'all. So uh, we're back, took a little break uh, just to take care of our mental and physical well-being. Shit, I'm recovering from a from an ear infection like a like my damn two year old. Uh,
0: but how are y'all doing, AD? How's it going, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, haven't haven't had a vacation yet. I'm I'm not doing any earache mending, but you know I'm still here, still grinding. <laughs> hey, a vacation is always is always
1: due. Yeah. <laughs> a vacation is always due, bro. So I'm trying and get that in, uh, Cali, bro. I'm hearing you have some, 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 uh, sleep regression issues with the baby. Everything. All right.
2: Yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, I have a two year old daughter. Um, she's since she's been like two months, she's been a fantastic sleeper. We've been so, so lucky in that department for the last week. She's just decided she don't want to sleep. So she just stays up and my wife and I had to like coerce her to like sleep and stuff like that. It's resulted in quite a few late nights, but, Hopefully we're, we're getting through this phase now, but uh, aside from that, went on vacation with the fam, you know, sat in the sun, got cooked a little bit, and uh, yeah, watched watched a lot of footy. We got a lot of a lot of good footy to watch lately, and then just real quick, just want to shout out the shirt I am wearing. I have the, uh, shout out Olive and York, the Orca Yacht Smashes shirt. Okay. Um, and I'm wearing this because from what I'm hearing through the grapevine is that Oliver York is going to come out with something pretty, pretty cool very soon. So all I'm going to say is pay attention to give him a follow on Twitter, Instagram, the socials, you know, just pay attention to Oliver York because and, and to us because something, something is <laughs> cooking. Um, and also, you know, I know we're, we're an MLS podcast, but had to rep the boys Liverpool all right we the season's back this weekend we get to, uh, to watch our our English clubs play and I felt it fit despite my two co-hosts who are die hard citizens all right because you know our captain Jordan Hendry our former captain Jordan Henderson disgraced his name he ran off to that Saudi league I'm not going to get into that all right but we have to name a new captain And for the first time in club history, we have not one, but two black captains. As AD put it, the Blacktons. Uh, (laughs) Virgil van Dyke, our our Dutchman, our our center back, our anchors, been named captain, and the young scouser Trent Alexander Arnold, named vice captain. So fun times. Everyone, you know, everyone's in a good mood until the, the the ball is dropped, and and we're all depressed for the next, you know, thirty eight weeks unless you're you're called Manchester City. So,
1: damn right, treble winners. Yeah, bro. If it wasn't for the uh, if it wasn't for those two Blacktons, I love that. I love that. By the way, Ad, that is <laughs> that, yeah. that might
2: you're be, if it wasn't for those two Blacktons. <laughs> that might be future Dreaming of Freedom merch right
1: there. That's, speaking of Dreaming of Freedom merch I like that shirt AD that's very uh, very timely thank you sir there it is
2: <laughs> I thought you lost it so I'm glad we're back here
0: yeah yeah Had to get a tailor you know
2: took the sleeves off you know uh, if I, if hey, I had straps hey. and biceps like that I'd get a tailor like that hey. too Doug. my shit's more flappy though
1: nah <laughs> hey it's all good as long as we got it on that's all that matters that's all that matters but uh yeah bro if it wasn't for them black tins, i I'd probably slap that slap that <laughs> hat off you yeah <laughs> right now through the screen but uh it's, it's all good it's all good um yeah man stay tuned for this uh for this you know keep your eyes locked on uh olive and york black Herons united also did y'all see the uh the inner miami bathing Ape? i uh, saw that future collaboration. Uh, I, so that.
2: I mean i remember when, when babes were really cool like a decade ago or so maybe so the fact that they're still around is pretty cool and that's the thing right it's like okay
1: I, I, it, was just, it was really hard to process.
2: Yeah. Babe the name. I know Babe the name. I know Babe. I we had Babe for a time, right? Like, yeah, like. I could, like high school, right? bro, like, Yeah, man. Oh. Like, if. So, like, if, 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 like, I was joking around with somebody, like, bro, if, if Inter Miami would have thrown me a collab with, like, Echo or Fat Farm or something like that, I would have lost my damn mind. Bro. <laughs> babe <laughs> is in that conversation, too. So.
0: Babe, babe is slightly Not more Echo, relevant. Man.
2: Yeah, yeah, but Fat Farm and, and Echo and them had their own their own moment in the sun too. I just—probably more recent but, though. Yeah,
0: I just hope they roll out like Lil Wayne in it. <laughs> it. would just be so funny, like him just—I don't know. It's it over. It's over. Really,
2: <laughs> it's over a track from like the Carter too. Exactly.
1: <laughs> no, I would lose my mind. <laughs> Yo, we need y'all on the rollout team for this. uh, For this <laughs> so collaboration, we've never been to our all age, those ideas. So. So. <laughs> Yo, it's um, yeah, it's gonna be a fascinating. I mean, hopefully, it's a dope collection. Hopefully, it's a dope collaboration. But also, also I, definitely caught us of surprise. Also, uh, sure.
2: I I saw that they had like that pink camo thing, and I just want to know that our very own Sergeant Siege, our boy Johnny, used first with a pink camo. So just saying yes sir. i feel yes, black sir. hair black hair and set in the culture man
0: i feel like they have been seeing him in the stands and they're like they had to what if everybody was wearing pink camo
2: they had to and then they, they called a babe they had to
0: they need to get they need to get
1: that man royalties straight up because he definitely has to be the inspiration behind all of that
2: i mean yeah has to. and for those of you that don't know Johnny, his, his inner Miami fan name is Sergeant Siege. This dude shows up in straight pink camo. He's got the, the what was it, the shysty. It's like a fuzzy pink camo shysty. He's got the the Kevlar with all the, he has like a Black Herons tag, uh Siege tag, Greenlaw gang, all of them. So this dude rolls out, people stop and ask him for pictures and stuff. It's kind of a big deal. And he's one of our own. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, big shout out to, big shout out to Johnny, uh follow him on the socials he you know produces a lot of good content at pistol grip at pistol grip poet um yeah and I mean if you go to an inner Miami game if you see any pictures of an inner Miami game you will see you, you will see he's he hard to the miss. he's very hard to miss <laughs> so um, yeah big shout out so you know big shout out to Johnny uh, big shout out to inner Miami trying to make inroads into the culture hopefully kind of uh, so we'll see um, but you know speaking of inner Miami leagues cup action. Uh this team has completely turned it around. Maybe not completely, right? We still see a lot of like uh you know, we still see a lot of like glaring holes in the defense, we still see a lot of issues. Um, but man, this team is just fun to watch. Like I'm getting the feeling, you know, as local, you know, as local Miami fans, is like when when NFL season's on, I get like excited going into Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Like after the game, I'm like listening to the sports radio. I'm trying to figure out all the different analysis on the Dolphins game. And this is, this is the feeling I, I, I now have with within Miami. And it's a feeling I like I can say I've never really had before. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a supporter. I'm a season ticket holder. I love the team. I love the sport, but it never really had that same hold on my heart, <laughs> the way the Heat or the Dolphins have. Um, and, and and it's here you know obviously it's largely because of Messi right um, but I think you know probably the the two additions that have just really turned this team around is I mean obviously Messi obviously but I mean having a having a legit coach with legit tactics and Tata and then having Busquets like, I don't think I don't think Messi is balling out without without Busquets right um, what do y'all think
2: man I mean it's been magic lately. Like, that's the only way to put it. And, and I mean, like, we all saw. So, we all saw the first game, right? Like, that free kick, you know, there's a there's a draw towards the end. And it's like, it was all like the stars aligned. And I, I didn't make it to that first game. And because, man, I got a family to feed. But, uh man, I remember I was sitting in a bar with a couple friends of mine. And he lines up for the free kick. I'm like, he's, he's going to fucking bend the shit in. And sure enough. And. Man, it's just, it's magic, bro. Like, and then we saw, we, we obviously saw the Orlando game. We saw Atlanta. I mean, what's wild is that he's played, what, four games with us and he's already leading the team in scoring. You know, and it's just, it, it's, it, it's nuts. amazing. Like, who's, and Busquets isn't getting enough credit because, you know, there's nothing sexy about a six. But, and, and now with Jordi Alba too, it's like, it, it's a whole different animal, man. But, man, just. I, I've seen the, the the phrase being thrown around that it looks like Messi's playing on rookie mode, like on FIFA, and and that's definitely like the feeling I get, and, it, and it's amazing. Like, you know, we've 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 watched a lot of MLS. Well, I mean, I think all three of us have, have kind of been here since the start, and we've seen we've seen like we've seen many lows, we've seen a few highs, we've we've seen times that we thought we were good and all that stuff, and then we're then we see Messi, and it's like, dude, like this. Like, what is he, 36, 37-year-old Messi is, like, without question, the best player on the pitch every time he's out there. And it's just been so much fun to watch. And results have been great, and we're winning, and and that's great. Like, we kind of knew that that was going to happen. But it's amazing how just, like, how jaw-dropping everything he does is. And I hate to, like, sound like a Messi fanboy or anything like that, because... I remember when like the rumors were swirling. He doesn't sign out like, bro, like games are gonna become unbearable. Like all these messy fanboys are gonna be out here. Like it's gonna fuck with the day once. But it's like, man, being able to watch it now, it's like this is special, man. This is really, really special.
1: And bro, all those things you said are still true, right? Like the games are becoming a little bit more unbearable, right? Like the, that North Stand is is jumping a little too much sometimes it's hard to or watch it's didn't... hard
2: to watch the game because everyone's on the rails and mm-hmm. and people are flooded into the into the aisles and stuff like that and it's like if you're not like in a prime position you're gonna struggle to see the game which is really really mm-hmm. frustrating but mm-hmm. we kind of knew this was gonna yeah be hopefully
1: nice. hopefully it's not as bad uh when when mls starts back up uh end of august hopefully it's not as chaotic hopefully this is just kind of like you know a league's cup situation there's only so much that the the MLS can can regulate I guess Um, so much only so much that the team can regulate so um, hopefully it's not as chaotic hopefully you know season ticket holders will be able to experience some of those benefits right that they um, haven't been so um, fortunate to experience during the league's cup Um, but you know this tournament has been incredible for all in Miami fans uh i know callie you mentioned uh the jordy alba connection right we saw that on full display with in the dallas game uh AD, i know you watched that dallas game bro i mean
0: what uh, what a freaking roller coaster of oh emotions! I was going through it. I did. I wanted like I was w- watching it intently. Then I didn't want to look. Then I turned the game off. Then I turned the game back on. Then we went down three two, and I was like, all right, never mind four two, never mind. And I'm like, all right, but then it was four four. Like I was going back and forth. My heart could not take it. But the thing was that amazed me was the entire time Messi was in it. Like a lot of the the big stars, when they see like when they're on one of these teams where they're obviously the best player, like they see their team give the game away, and then they're like, "Man, y'all don't want to win," and they they quit. But this dude hit the free kick, and he's like, "Yo, yo, yo, let's go! We still in this game? Like, let's win this game right now!" This man is—he's—I don't know. It looks to me like he's having fun.
2: Yes, which bro. is great yes. because if that really. That really beats the retirement league accusations, right? Like, exactly. was like, oh, Messi's coming to collect a paycheck, which I'm sure he certainly is. But dude, it's exciting that he's like, like you said, he's having fun. Like he's smiling, he's laughing, he's hugging the guys. And I don't think we're talking enough about how something with Messi has unlocked Robert Taylor because oh. that dude has been outstanding. He had... I want to say it was the Dallas game. He had an assist that flick over the top that like I was I was dumbfounded. I'm like I can't believe, was I can't believe this is the guy that it was Orlando, right? So I like I, it was one of those things like I can't believe this guy who's been like painfully average all years now just like with these ridiculous assists and you know he, he he's good for a banger every every couple games, but dude has been has been unlocked in a way that's. Same, like I was I was jokingly calling him in certain chats the f- finish know. but
1: yeah listen listen it's like I think what's 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 fascinating to watch you know kind of what I mean what both of y'all are saying is that yes he's having fun right he's out there smiling right he's 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 hugging his kids on the sideline he's freaking doing Wakanda Black Panther sellies <laughs> okay, bro, what, I mean hey give me all of that um, I still need an bro, explanation a, for that. Bro, you know what, I don't I don't even think I want an explanation. Like we we have Messi, we got the picture, right. we got Messi <laughs> doing Wakanda forever. That's all we need, you know. That's all we and, need.
2: <laughs> in the in the, the first game, I think he did the people thought he was doing the like the Star Wars like force choke thing, but he was he said after it was the Thor's hammer thing. So I think he's going through some Marvel some, some marvel celly playlist that he's concocted maybe for his kids or something yeah, like that yeah. i don't know but to Bro's see watching to see lionel messi hit the wakanda forever pose was it was jarring when it was one of those things that you kind of laughed like i can't believe this guy's wearing fucking pink and black right now this is crazy
1: <laughs> oh my god bro and it's like so he's having fun obviously he's also like He's also competitive, as as Ad said in that Dallas game. Like you, you see he's in it, right? He's he scores the he scores the uh, the tying goal. He's like, yo, let's let's run it back. We also see in the Orlando game. I don't know if y'all beat this, right? That was that was uh, Qatar World Cup. messy, like talking shit, bro. That man was talking hella shit to the entire Orlando City team, bro. And I loved every minute of it. Throwing like, it, dudes it was, it was off his shoulder. It was so perfect.
2: So, so people were were commenting on his. his, He was having a a conversation with with Felipe from from Orlando. I had people texting like, "Oh, can you read his lips?" Like, I guess I'm the only like one of a few Spanish speakers in like Black Herons and like I guess a few other chats. And he said, "Oh, uh, ¿qué está mirando which is basically like saying like, "What are you looking at, dumbass?", which (laughs) which is like, goddamn! Like, not only is this dude here dominating, like that competitive fire is still lit bro like he wants to he wants to come and he wants to win like and people are comparing it like oh he's bigger than like when Zlatan or Beckham would he, was here it's like but like those guys were so much like about themselves and kind of like what AD was mentioning like they, they, they're they there to score goals and look good whereas you can tell Messi's here to like win and even and, and you can and that's exemplified when when we had the penalty and you let Joseph take it against a like you could gonna that himself and and everyone on the planet would think that in mls messi's gonna take every pen but he turns to his teammate and says no you got this and then with the the shootout against uh dallas he you know he you know we we had an 18 year old taking the fifth the fifth shot you know an 18 19 year old and apparently former a former alumni with along with uh with ad over here but let's go you know but uh but yeah, man, like there's a humility that comes like he, he certainly knows he's the best in the world and the way he plays and the way he carries himself. But he's I think he's doing a great job of lifting his teammates around, too, because, I mean, he, he's he's selfless out there, man. He's he's always, he's looking for the pass. He takes the shot when he needs to and he knows when he needs to be messy. But you can tell there's definitely a nurturing aspect to the way he's he's operating down here.
1: Absolutely, bro. He is definitely putting on full display his 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 teammate qualities right he's he's definitely a top teammate um and he just he just keeps i think what's fascinating to me watching these what first four games is it it's like i feel like each game had like a new test you know what i'm saying like the first game obviously was the debut and he smashes that right then you have the orlando game it's like the, the big rivalry right and he goes out there talking shit, scoring goals, right? And then, and then you have the Dallas game where, like, now we're actually behind. We're playing from behind. How do we respond? And the man just does messy things, bro. Messi does messy things, bro. And he just, he just, he just aces all the tests, right? Um, and he does it, and he does it with ease. Uh, so, I mean, one thing, one thing I have been interested in is, has anything surprised you with Messi? Like, is is any of his performances or anything what you're watching on the pitch, right? I mean, obviously. I mean, for me, you know, like I'm a Premier League guy, so I wasn't really watching a lot of Barcelona. I really wasn't watching a lot of PSG um, other than like highlights or maybe like replays of the games. But getting to watch Messi live, you know, or, you know, just in person or, you know, whatever on on your club. I saw a couple of things. I'm like, damn, like that, that kind of, that kind of surprised me. Like, I I, I guess we all knew that Messi was quick, (laughs) but... I don't think i realized how quick quick messi was like like the balance of this man like I, I guess he's fast but it's just like oh my god watching this dude catch like just like receive the ball and it just like sticks to his it's just like i mean obviously these are what like this is what messi is known for right but it's like i think his pace is what really kind of caught yes. me off guard like damn this dude is like literally the fastest player on the team right now like maybe next to maybe next to robbie uh robbie robinson maybe, maybe. I feel like he's like the bestest player on the team right now. And he
0: turns on the Jets. And I'm like, where did this come from? Also, the, how you said the, the ball gets to him and it sticks to his foot. It was wild to see uh, the ball get passed to him from Busquets. Because Busquets is always looking for him. Not, even when his eyes aren't on him, Busquets knows exactly where Messi is. But the ball would get to him, three guys on him. And he's not panicking. He's not looking for the pass. He puts his body... He shields them with his body, does a little turnaround. Now everyone's behind him. And I'm like, bro, how? It's just another level. I don't...
2: Yeah, I, I think what's surprised me the most... And I might catch him shit for this, but well, whatever. We're an MLS podcast, and so I might Uh-oh. catch him shit for... I mean, I, it's not a bad thing. I think... we're Like, when... Messi, when I first saw Messi running on the pitch and doing what he's doing, I'm like, all these people who say that MLS is a top five league in the world have to be punching sand right now because he's what Messi has done is kind of expose the talent gap between what's in the US right now and like what's in Europe. Because it's it's not that, you know, Messi's like you know like people are like, like when we play LA uh, LAFC in a couple weeks no one's going to be like oh uh, messi and Bella, how's this going to go it's going to be like no messi's the best player on the pitch like like 36 year old messi is the best player on the pitch now i do think it's going to elevate the league and we've already seen the the messi effect in terms of like okay busquets came which is huge you know arguably one of the best sixes to ever play the game you know jordi alba has been insanely good for over a decade you know so I, I think what surprised me is just how much better he is than everyone still, you know, and and I didn't, I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan and there's only so much, so much watching I can do in a week, you know, so I'm not, I wasn't watching a whole lot of PSG. I think when he was playing with Barcelona, everybody was watching, you know, especially like the, the MSN Barcelona teams with with Messi, Suarez, Neymar, and Busquets, obviously, and Alba and, and those guys, and Xavi and you know, like everyone was watching that. So you know, and especially like on the Champions League level, we seeing it. We we saw him dominate that. So to see him still doing that, and it's like, wow, he is far, far, far and away the best player on the pitch at all times, without question. There's no comparison. There's no like. There's no close second, right? And and MLS has some damn good players, man. And and maybe we'll we'll see that highlighted down the road but I mean dude's absolutely dominated every single opponent he's had so far every single one no one's come close to keeping him in the pocket I mean we even saw in the world cup like in Argentina against France like the highest paid defender on planet earth was put in a fucking blender by Lionel Messi so it's not like this is like a unique situation but it's just I was kind of surprised of like wow this is really gonna be easy for him you know. and again he's he's faced every test right so dallas we were down we were down 2-0 we came back we win the whole nine it is like shockingly shockingly easy for him so
1: yeah so he has he has aced every test right almost almost a little too much right <laughs> the completion of the test i've been a little a, a little creepy for some for some folks <laughs> a little too perfect of a start um, you know and it's and it's raised a lot of concerns it, you know it's raised a lot of questions about is is the league's cup rigged right is it is it uh you know um just this tournament to you know showcase messi's arrival to mls is it rigged for inner miami to win it uh you know to win it all and you know i was interested in what y'all what y'all you know had to had to say about that i mean I will say that I, I do have some criticism about the Leagues Cup, like I'm still unclear as to why there are no games played in Mexico. I don't know if there's like a political, um, I don't know if there's like the political climate is is concerning for, for matches. I'm not sure, but the fact that there's no games <laughs> in Mexico uh, feels wrong um, on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, of course, there's conversation about you know where where the Liga MX East clubs are in their season versus where MLS clubs are um, in their season. But um I don't know what do y'all what do y'all think about this whole uh, conspiracy theory about uh, about this league's Cup being rigged in favor of Messi and uh, Inter Miami?
2: I don't think it needs to be rigged in favor of Messi or or, or Inter Miami. It doesn't need to be because, again, like I've been saying. He is the best player on the pitch. Now, I say that to say this: everyone here is experiencing Messi for the first time. All right, and no one is free from, you know, being a little starstruck. And I think that includes officials, right? Like, you know, can I blame an official that's only done, you know, Liga MX games or, or MLS games to come in and be like, "Holy shit, I'm sharing the pitch with Lionel fucking Messi right now." So, yeah, you know, certain, but, you know, certainly he's, he might get away with a couple things. Like, you can make arguments about the Orlando game, I guess. Whatever. I don't care. Okay, because the fact of the matter is, we saw, we he's it, it, it's superstar treatment, and it's not exclusive to Messi. We've seen it with Ronaldo. You know, in MLS, we've seen it with Zlatan. We've seen it with, uh, we saw it with Beckham. You know a, around the world in basketball we see it with lebron we see it with curry we you know in the nfl we see it with the quarterbacks we see it with jalen hurts we see it with josh allen patrick mahomes like there is a superstar a treatment that is that happens that's not that's not a secret like you know and i don't think it has anything to do with the leak rigging it or anything like that i think if you're gonna blame anybody blame the officials like sure okay maybe this guy you, we don't know. He grew up an Argentina fan or he grew up a, a Barcelona fan or even he just grew up like, you know, loving football. And my God, I am here after officiating against a bunch of kids or a bunch of just guys playing in MLS. Now I'm officiating against Messi. I'm officiating with Messi. I'm, I'm literally on the pitch with the best player on earth. So yeah, he might get away with a few calls. He might get certain things, but he also got a yellow card and it was just and people could argue about. You know the oh it should have been a second yellow or something like that, like you know, like it's not like this is the first time we're seeing bad calls in MLS because the officiating in MLS is usually bad. But like we saw it a couple of weeks ago pre-Messi with McVay getting fouled uh, with his hands up in the box and he gets called for for a penalty and a red card. So this isn't a new phenomenon that like there's poor officiating. I think, he, I think it's easy to point like, oh, it's it's rigged because they want Messi to win. Like, Messi doesn't need your help. Messi doesn't need the officials' help. He doesn't need the league's help. And we see him because at the end of the day, he's hitting the shots. He's making the passes. He's putting dudes in a spin cycle. He doesn't need the help. He's lying on fucking Messi. He's gonna do it on his own. So you can cry and you can right. bitch. And I know a lot of the bitching comes from Orlando fans because they're salty as fuck and that's fine. And I don't care. I don't like Orlando. It's a terrible city anyway um you know water yeah bro like how am i gonna take a shower in your city and still need a shower after like that's disgusting like how do you guys live in that but anyway anyway he doesn't need the referee's help sure he might get some superstar treatment like every superstar does across the planet in every sport but quit your bitching enjoy it enjoy while it's here because you're not bitching when he shows up to your stadium and you get to see him live and they sell out
1: all right, let's reel let Cali back in a little bit. <laughs> He's on
2: fire right now.
1: Oh
0: man, Eddie, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Cali that like I just feel that a lot of it has to do with officials being starstruck. They see him and they they might like it's just they see him like they it's it's Lionel Messi like everyone else there is. They might not even know their first name, but they, they know this guy. And they're like, I don't want to just be a jerk to him. Maybe uh, maybe they, the other player was being too hard on him. I'm going to let that slide. I don't know. And lo- and they could be giving him a little leeway. But I will say in that Orlando game, it was chippy both ways. And a lot of our non-messy players were getting thrown to the ground, also getting stepped on. And the calls were 50-50. Um, so I, to say that the league was, was rigging it for Messi, I I don't believe so. I will say that I did see that replay of Messi um, placing the the ball when he did the free kick in Dallas two feet away from where it was spotted by the ref. I mean, if the ref didn't see it, I didn't see it either. That's all I'm saying. Bruh, right. and that's it. I mean, I mean players do that all the time right
1: like on throw-ins on, on on set pieces they're always seeking that little bit of advantage uh but you know but to, i mean to both of your points like yeah i mean a lot yeah these refs probably are starstruck and to be honest bro you should be bruh, you should be this is messy bro you, you are going to be starstruck and you are going to favor that man because he is messy bro <laughs> and if you don't favor that man they're gonna come see you bruh. <laughs> it's a simple it's a simple it's a simple equation it's a simple equation but um no i mean listen messi is messi is balling out um to cali's point he doesn't need the help right you can't you can't rig uh a free kick goal right you can't rig that right (laughs) there's no magnets in the ball you know taking the ball to the you know like there's, there's, there's nothing like that right that's that's pure quality pure talent um so, you know, shout out to Messi, man. He's just been... He just brought so much joy and happiness. I feel like a little child watching watch Inter-Miami uh, play. So, <laughs> um too. But yo, Inter-Miami... I mean, Inter-Miami is not the only team balling out. And Messi is not the only player balling out. It's actually surprising to know that, okay, so Messi has seven goals in the League's Cup. Um, someone else has seven goals in the League Cup. And that brother is Bongi Halongwane who we spoke about uh, episode 19, uh, brother from South Africa uh, playing for Minnesota United. And that man is just absolutely killing it right now in the league's cup. Again, he has seven goals. I think in in like three straight games, he had a brace in three straight games, like both of the group stage matches and then the match against uh, Columbus, I believe. Um, So this man, Bongi is just having the time of his life right now. Um, they won uh, their first game against Puebla 4-0 an absolute annihilation. Um, they lost to Chicago 2-3, um, but they made it out of the group stages. Uh, and so in, their, in the round of 32 match, they played uh, Columbus Crew, where they won in PKs and penalty kicks 4-3. Again, uh, Bungie had a brace in all three of those uh, of those matches, um, and then in the last match against Toluca, which was last night, he came away with a goal um, to bring his tally up to seven goals um, in the in the tournament. So he's just he's just absolutely um, having the time of his life right now. And I mean that I think it was the game against uh, Puebla where. It, I mean, I mean, all of the braces were, were beautiful, but the the brace against Puebla was was, was fascinating. Uh, in the first goal, he picks up the ball in the middle of his uh, own half, and that's that seemed like a tactical thing because um, he did the same thing for his second goal, where he's dropping a little deeper into the middle. Um, I'm sorry, into the yeah, into the middle of his own half in that right channel. Um, he takes on a Puebla defender. Um, he tries to switch uh, tries to switch positions, he switches the ball onto his left foot. He actually slips but is still able to get by the defender. Uh, at that point, uh, he you know, he's in the box, uh, you know, <laughs> just picks his head up and slices it right by the keeper. Um, and it's just really really a great individual goal by uh, Huang Um and that was his first goal for against Puebla and uh, his second goal. Uh, again, picking up the ball in the middle of his own half, passed it to Reynoso, who's also having a great, great uh Leagues Cup. I mean, he's having a great uh season uh, generally in MLS, but he's uh he's really shining right now in this tournament. Um and uh, you know, so after Bongi makes the pass to Reynoso, he makes uh he makes a darting run to the back post where Reynoso finds him. Uh and Bongi just it's just one of those classic headers where you, you know you just Like, when you're in training, right, and the coach is telling you how to, like, the proper technique to, you know, head the ball, like, that's it, right? And he just gives it all the strength um, and just fires it, fires it with the clinical header. So, um, shout-out to Bongi. I don't know if uh, any of y'all were able to see (laughs) any of those goals. I mean, you you had a lot to pick from, but uh, I don't know if any of (laughs) y'all catch those goals, if anyone had a
2: favorite.
1: This man is just, like, and he, talk about having fun when you're playing. Like, this guy is having fun uh, scoring these goals. Yeah.
2: He's been absolutely insane. And if Lionel Messi wasn't playing in MLS right now, I feel like this dude would be getting so much attention. Uh, but he's been phenomenal. Not Ducks. just in Leagues Cup. Cause in Leagues Cup, four games, seven goals, one assist. He's averaging in Leagues Cup scoring every 54 minutes, which is bonkers. Um, uh, but in the U.S. Open Cup too, in three games, he has two goals. Uh, his totals for the year in in twenty eight games that he's played in this year, he has fifteen goals. So, dude is scoring a lot, and about and about half of those coming from League yeah. Cup. Yeah, right. So he's uh, man. you know, he, his his time per goals is really in, in MLS. It, it seems to be a different animal, but in League's Cup and in, in the U.S. Open, he has been phenomenal. And he's young, man. He's only he's only twenty three years old. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter. I forgot who it was calling. Uh, they're calling up Samuel Bassani from uh, from Ted Lasso. He's a winger too, and he's just like. And apparently, he's like a super humble guy, like super calm, and it just plays plays with passion and fun. So uh, he's uh, he's been so much fun to watch. And, and I know Minnesota United is it's a little tough to watch, especially for it with how weird the the MLS schedule is in terms of TV. It's not like before where. You know, you seemingly had games all day. Now it's like you have the 7.30 games and then, you know, 9.30, 10.30, depending on what coast you're trying to watch or, or what time zone. But it's um, – if you can, definitely check this dude out. He is an absolute baller. We and, we and, again, we covered him in episode 19, so if you want to flip back to that one, we we go a little more in-depth on him.
1: Yeah, man, he's uh, – he is uh, – he's killing it, man. <laughs> he's, he's really killing it. And, you know, again – uh, top goal scorer in the Lease Cup, a black dude, right? So you know, as you know, as the Dreaming of Freedom podcast, where we, you know, talk about all things black soccer and MLS, we just had to had to uh, give that shout out to Bongi, um, and there are a few other notable performances as well. Um, oh well, well, before we get to that, you know, uh, sticking with Minnesota, we also got to give a shout out to our uh, to the goalkeeper, uh, Dane Saint Clair, uh, who came up massive in uh, both of their penalty kick shootouts against. Uh, Columbus in the round of 32 and uh, so he saved two goals against Columbus in the round of 32 uh, two penalty kicks and he saved one penalty kick against Toluca uh, last night in the round of 16 so uh, definitely shout out to Dane St. Clair uh, for coming through big um, again, another black goalkeeper. We want to start giving our goalkeepers, uh, you know, start showing them uh, the love that they deserve. Start so giving them their flowers, you know. Um, so yeah, definitely big shout out to Minnesota. Uh, big shout out to Bongi and uh, Saint Clair for doing their thing. Um, yeah, and of course some, you know, some notable performances throughout throughout uh, the other MLS clubs. We have uh, Denise Buwanga, who of course we talked about. Um, I believe that was in episode 19 as well, as as well as um, uh, Bernard Kamungo, who had a goal against our beloved Inter-Miami. Um, so Buanga has five goals in the tournament, and Kamungo, uh, that was his third goal of the tournament. So shout out to both of them. Uh, and then Kosi Tafari, man, again, Dallas player. Shout out to Dallas. Shout out to Go Dallas. back to episode 20 blackest team in mls numerically i thought i was thinking about that a lot i'm like we we probably should have said numerically right (laughs) because i'm sure there are some teams that are more culturally black than dallas right i mean look at look you look at toronto look at new york red bulls there i don't know if y'all saw the new uh the third jerseys the third kits Nice. those are hip-hop jerseys Ooh, that thing was sweet so yeah, so yeah, so numerically Dallas is the blackest blackest team. So shout out to them. Uh, but also shout out to Ikosi Tafari, um, who actually had a decent game against Messi, right? He played really well against Messi. Yeah, I mean, he did the best you can do, right, against against Messi. Um, but he also had some pretty uh, interesting pre pre-game comments. I don't know I don't know if y'all caught that or not, uh, but <laughs>
0: 80, you i think that? you said that he he was like y'all weren't interviewing me before he came why are you interviewing me now <laughs> bro i love it keep it spicy but, hey, Cole, bro, keep it spicy bro keep it spicy all day yeah i love that i love
1: that um, shout, shout out to nkosi not taking not taking you know or just you know recognizing the bs right you know he you know, he knows what's up um, but you know he's been he's been balling right, and you know he deserves his flowers you know as uh, as much as possible. So giving a shout out to Kosi uh, whenever whenever he has a good performance on and off the pitch. Um, so shout out to Dallas, shout out to uh, Buanga and Kamungo for um, having some notable performances throughout the Leagues Cup. So um, that's the Leagues Cup action. Um again uh they pick back up in the quarterfinals on Friday, right? So today's Wednesday, so um you know, check out Friday's action. Uh it should be fun. Uh and of course the the tournament is rigged, so we will see Inter Miami in the finals. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care. Um so yeah, um let's you know let's enjoy the rest of this tournament and the implications for this tournament are important because the top three teams make it to the uh, Champions Cup, the CONCACAF Champions Cup for 2024, right? Uh, 2024. So uh, big implications. All we got to do is make it through um, the semifinal match. If we can make it through the semifinal match and or the third place match, then, then we're Gucci. Okay, so um, just things to keep an eye on and why this tournament um, has significance. Okay. Um, so, all right, moving on. Last episode, we came to you with some pretty alarming uh, uh, news, racist news. Uh, largely circulated around DC United, of course, Taxi Funtas um, on his second uh, racist allegation. The first one, of course, dating back from last season against Inter Miami um, and some of their players. Um, this season, we found out that he uh, used a racial slur against his own teammate, Nigel Roberta, um, <laughs> and Nigel Roberta put hands on that man um, as he should have. Um, uh, immediately following the incident, both of the players uh, were suspended, and that's when we, uh, that's when we had our uh, recording. That's when we recorded the episode. Since then. Um, happy to report <laughs> that Nigel Roberta is uh, is now back with the team. Right, he was taken off of uh, that suspension, of course. Um, and Taxi is still off the team. So, uh, Callie, I don't know if you if you had any recent updates for Taxi's situation uh, as it relates to his contract or, or, or what's going on in DC.
2: So, they they performed the full investigation. We saw the early results of that was Nigel Roberta being reinstated and able to practice with the team and stuff. Um, it's looking now like DC is looking to terminate Taxi's contract. Uh, apparently, and, and there's a, an excellent uh, article in The Athletic. I, I don't remember the author, and, and I'm very sorry for not giving them their due credit. Um, but um, basically taxi commissioned his own polygraph where it came back that he was being sincere that he did not use a a racial slur towards nido or anything like that the issue with polygraphs is that there's a reason they're not admissible in court and it's because they're unreliable all right uh so you know depending on which studies and and i was curious i looked into it anywhere between 60 and 70 percent of polygraphs are found to be inaccurate because it's just a mat it it only measures certain things right it measures your heart rate um your pulse your, your oxygen levels and stuff like that so if you're able to remain composed which i'd imagine a professional athlete is capable of doing you know, it's easy to see how he beats a polygraph. I'm not, that's, to me, that's not evidence. That's not, and also if he commissioned it himself, who knows if that was even the first? So what if he had to take three, four, five in order to, to get it? And we had some, we had some weird dudes coming into our, coming into our, our socials and, and, you know, saying a bunch of dumb shit, like, you know, like, oh, look, here's a picture of him with a black player. It's like, Okay, Donald Trump has a picture of black people, too. It doesn't mean he's not racist. Like, you know, like, it's uh, just because he has a black friend doesn't mean he, he's not a terrible person. So um, you can get out of here with that bullshit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, again, these teams conclude, these teams carry out their own investigations. They do their own things. If they if they terminate someone without cause, they are up for, their, they, they, they can face their own litigation. They can face their own issues so i'm confident that dc united much how they fired the the athletic trainer that's throwing up white supremacist symbols you know they're they're getting they're getting rid of it. and with a club that's kind of been littered with with a bunch of racist bullshit over the years i'm glad that they're finally doing something about it and, and again shout out to some of the the supporters groups on their end i know uh rose room collective uh and i'm i ha- i had forgot some of the some of the other ones but they're one of them that uh they're they're doing the groundwork you know like uh like they and they've been doing it longer than than you know black air and it's and, and, and you know some of the, some of these other uh uh black supporters groups and and supportive groups that serve uh you know marginalized communities and stuff like that so shout out to them for doing the legwork and, and putting pressure on the club to to make the right decision so I mean, I, I don't understand, like, you know, it's one of those things like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, you know, so at, at some point, like a, a trend has to catch on. And if, if if, despite all this stuff and teams conducting their own investigations and even with the first incident, MLS saying like we found that there was cre- credible evidence, but not enough to warrant a suspension, it's like, you know, e- e- enough, enough is enough. I'm glad that DC United are and it's hard to do it because he's a good player, right? like if, if taxi was the fourth or fifth guy off the bench you know no one's no one's batting an eyebrow he's, he's gone without a second thought but he's he's a striker he's a pretty good one at that you know and i'm, I'm glad DC's is deciding like all right that's not enough for you to stick around anymore and and they're, they're doing something about it so
1: yeah definitely good to see uh, dc uh yeah. Again, <laughs> fool me once, right? Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Right. So hopefully they get their act together. Um, it seems like they're taking steps in the right direction. And as you said, um, they're definitely feeling that pressure uh, from the people on the ground doing, you know, doing the work uh, for a minute. Shout out to Rose Room um, all day.
2: Also real quick. So, so sorry, AD just reminded me yeah. uh the author of the, the article for The Athletic is Pablo Maurer, and maybe. Uh, so... If you if you guys are familiar with his work follow him on Twitter and I'm sure he hasn't posted on there so it's I don't have an, an athletic article I had, to, I had to bum it off with people I know <laughs> but he's uh he's a very good writer based on what I've seen from him so far so good stuff
1: yeah for sure shout out to uh, Pablo shout out to the athletic uh, yeah dropping a lot of you know breaking stories in the in the footy world uh, so um, another breaking story kind yeah. of. Not really sure where it's going. Um, I'm sure a lot of y'all heard the news about Bruce Arena um, being put, uh, I guess being suspended uh, temporarily by New England Revolution for making uh, insensitive comments um, towards a, a, a member of the team, a member of the club that, that didn't say a player didn't say a, a staff member. He just made insensitive comments towards a person in the club. Um, however, last night or two nights ago kaylin kyle was on a podcast and she randomly let slip that he was let or he's being investigated for using a racial slur against a player or against a person in the club the next day kaylin kyle came out and apologized for that for saying that so we're not sure if kaylin kyle was speaking the truth and she just wasn't supposed to wasn't supposed to speak the truth or if she was speaking, uh, fake news, right? Uh, we, we don't really know. Um, so Kaylin Kyle needs to get her story straight. Uh, but if it is a racial slur, um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, the, the Bruce arena situation in general is something to keep an eye on. Um, but the fact that Caitlin Kyle kind of came out and let that slip, um, it, it, it's concerning right it's concerning it also may not be surprising to some people right bruce arena had some um uh some pretty xenophobic comments about some of the dual national players from the u.s men's national team back in the day so um this kind of tracks if if it is a racial slur kind of tracks with his history um, but again we don't know we're not accusing him of doing that we're just reporting that this is what kaylin kyle said and she also came out and backtracked okay so we're not we're not really sure but it's just a space to keep an eye on okay um so let's get out of mls that shit is exhausting sometimes uh um and let's let's finish the episode with um a quick recap of what has happened with the women's world cup and absolutely historic women's world cup um i mean you know of course I'm rocking the jersey, so you know we got to talk about Nigeria. We got to talk about all the African teams really that made it to the round of 16, Nigeria, Morocco, uh, and South Africa. Ironically enough, it was, it was kind of, my heart was going through so many emotions. All of the African teams played their former colonizers. <laughs> Morocco played France, South Africa played the Netherlands, and Nigeria played England. Okay, so unfortunately, uh, all three of those, all three of the African nations uh, lost those matches, but the fact that they made it to the round of 16, um, especially within the context of the fact that a lot of, a lot of women's, uh, uh, a lot of national team sorry, a lot of national federations are not investing properly in the women's game. Um, the fact, especially With a team like Nigeria, who has been quite public about uh, their disputes with the with the Nigerian uh, football federation Um, The fact that they were able to make it to the round of 16 um, Was successful in and of itself. Of course, of course, they wanted to advance Of course, they wanted to advance, but I think everyone understands and understood the the significance behind that uh, Behind that um, achievement Uh, Y'all I mean are y'all keeping up with the uh, World Cup. I know it's like crazy times right but i mean have y'all uh, been catching up with uh, some of the storylines and um some of the players right i know we talked about linda caicedo and lauren james during our black history month uh feature right we we, we focused on both of those players so i mean they're balling out in the world cup uh cali ad uh what do y'all think about this women's world cup
2: um man it has been a super fun watch so far man um and I, I'm not just saying this to, to like, you know, be trendy and say that women are better than men or anything like this. But at least to me, and, and that's that it's been more difficult to watch Women's World Cup. This has been so much more entertaining than the Men's World Cup. I mean, because, and I, and I think maybe it's because with the Men's World Cup, I think if, if on a global scale, we're so, we become so engulfed by, by the star power of the men and, and these are these are all like household names Like we get to see Bappe, Messi, uh you know Neymar and and you know and Virgil van Dyke and, and the guys on the, on the U.S. men's national team and you know everyone in between to see these women that for the most part like unless you're really you you're really Fo- focus on the women's league or the women's game like you probably don't know a lot of these names you know except maybe like samantha kerr or an Alexandra pop and those types and then the women on the uh, on the the u.s women's team you know the alex morgans the rapinos you know we've have seen some such incredible women highlighted and like straight up balling out and, and we were talking pre-show and, and i was mentioning how like laura james and linda caicedo it's like every time they play it's like something else is gonna happen to just make me drop my jaw and just wow that was absolutely incredible
1: bro i've never seen a player make football look so effortless the way lauren james plays football bro like every touch she has on the ball like She'll send a, a you know a forty yard a forty yard cross, you know from like halfway field across the field, and it's just like it just like lands right on right on her teammate's foot. It's just like her technique is just out of this world. I mean, that's Lauren James, Linda Caicedo?
2: Bruh. dude. And Linda, <sighs> the thing is with what? Linda Caicedo, like Lauren James is like very technical, Then she's only twenty one. Also, Linda Caicedo is only eighteen. And I, I said it kind of in jest when I posted about it on social media, but it's kind of becoming the truth. That's like it's absolutely wild that one of the best players on earth is an 18 year old girl from South America. Like she, it, it, it's like absolutely astounding what she has been doing in the World Cup. And what makes it even more impressive is if it like if you don't know her story. It is not enough for us to just tell you on this podcast. Like, I strongly encourage you to look up her story. Like, just a couple years ago, shoot she had cancer. She was like, people to like there was considerations that she may never play again. You know? And uh dude, she she she's out here in the World Cup, just absolutely blowing the doors on people, hitting absolute fucking bangers from outside the box. You know, absolutely like you know, Lauren James has been incredible. But again, if you follow a women's game, you you know Lauren James is incredible. But Linda Caicedo is one that, like, we, we all kind of knew, like, man, we, we got to watch out for this girl. This girl's going to do something special. And now it's like, man, this girl's put herself on the big stage. And, man, just so much fun to watch. And it's not just her, man. Like, you know, like we're, we're seeing, like, the, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about it more, but like the Jamaican national team. You know some some of these smaller nations like really representing themselves in an incredible way uh in the world cup so it's just it's been awesome it's been so much fun to watch it and i and i mean it with every fiber of my being and i'm not just saying this to like be that guy like i think i do think the women's world cup has been much more entertaining than the men's world cup so far
1: yeah big shout out to jamaica all day uh that defense was on fire uh, the entire tournament uh, so they didn't let a goal in at all during the group stages right and only let a goal in um, against Colombia right they, they beat Panama 1-0 and tied France and Brazil um, 0-0 right I think I think the Brazil match ended 0-0 um, so uh, the offense the attack uh, still can develop a little bit more right uh, you know Whoever was the ref in that France, Jamaica game should never ref a game ever again. At least never ref a Jamaica game because she just had something out against Buddy Shaw. I'm not really sure why that was happening. Um, but yes, anyways, shout out to the entire, um, world cup, Jamaica ball in shout out to our African nations who made it to the round of 16. Uh, shout out to the African nations who didn't make it to the round of 16, right? Zambia still had a great showing, um, in the world cup. Um, and of course, you know, this is this is really nothing new because our friends, uh, our family over at Shea Butter FC um, and Diaspora United, they've been talking about this for a minute. right? They've been talking about this really since the last Olympics, um, you know, uh, not only the the smaller nations that are on the rise, right, like like a Jamaica, like a Haiti, right? like a South Africa, like a Nigeria. Um, well, I mean, I guess Nigeria has kind of always been up there in terms of the women's game. Um but also the concerns around the U.S. women's team, right? And 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 not a, not necessarily about the players, but around, of course, the coach, head coach uh, Blacko, right? So, um, I, you know, if you did it, if you don't know, obviously, the U.S. women's national team got knocked out uh, in the round of 16, uh, and uh, it was just, in fact, they they barely made it to the round of 16, right? They 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 could have not even made it to the round of 16, um, but. They lost, um, and, you know, a lot of people uh, immediately turned to the players, right? And started blaming the players, right? Um, Carly Lloyd uh, is one of them. Alexi Lalas is another one. Um, AD, were you able to to, uh, see those comments or, you know, hear anything about what they were saying as it relates to, um, I guess, the culture, this new culture of the women's national team?
0: Uh, I, I caught a little bit of the comments where Carly was saying that there's a, a new culture out there and she saw it uh, start around 2020 where uh, there, there's less respect uh, from the players uh, towards uh, people in the locker room, people on the staff. Um, and she says it's trickling down from the top and from the lead players. Um, and it's just become a culture where, where people aren't doing the, the simple things like um the, giving the respect to um, a massage therapist to tell them that they're going to be late or pick up their their clothes uh like their their training clothes after uh training and, and things like that but she says it uh it's coming down it's forming a sense of entitlement with these uh women and uh and it's affecting them on the field and she she also Claim that the, there's a lot of off the field distractions that might be getting in the way. Right, right, and like we kind of saw
1: articulations of that right after I think it was the Portugal match, right, where some of the where some of the U.S. women's national team players were dancing and celebrating with fans and whatever, and, and Carly would just you know she just went you know on one of her little annoying. Carrying rants right um and alexi lala's had a similar rant right where he kind of was just more explicit he's like you know uh the u.s basically like the u.s women's national team is too political now right and like they're, they're too focused on politics and they're not focused on the game right and this is this is the bullshit that we have to deal with <laughs> when when the world cup is being shown on fox right <laughs> this is this is the type of bullshit right uh cali i know i know you're always ready to burn something down. Uh, <laughs>
2: What do you have to? Uh, t- what you think of? I, I took of my Carly hat and off. Alexis? I took my hat off for this one. Um. So, it's really rich coming from a person like Carly who abandoned her team in the middle of the season to go on a book tour. Um. Someone who's just painfully, I, I guess, painfully salty that her her time has passed. I I don't know what her her deal is. Um. She's getting very. I think, and it's not just her. There's a lot of people getting upset because. They drew with Portugal and and they were they were dancing and, and smiling and taking pictures with fans. But like, bro, they're in the World Cup. No World Cup. You're on the biggest stage in a, in a game for women that doesn't have the same highlight as men. This is the most exposure they have ever had in their times as players. And for a lot of the young girls like Trinity Rodman you know uh even like a sophia smith even like you know an alexis uh, uh uh an alexis sanchez uh ashley sanchez and you know some of the like this is their this is this is their first time experiencing this really uh, on this stage and it's um you know i'm i'm cool i'm cool with, with that like i don't care like let them have fun like that's that's our brand that's who they are like let them be them um from a, from a soccer standpoint, like obviously, like we can we can go on for another hour of of girls playing out of position, um, not using subs, and then one using subs, using subs poorly, and stuff like that. And and we can I can I can go on a tangent about that, but I won't because that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, but with Carly and Alexi's comments. If there, if if the team's collective ideology was on the opposite end of the political spectrum, right? They wouldn't give a shit. They'd be celebrating it. Like, oh, f- they they they'd be there on, on Fox, which appropriately enough they're on Fox, talking about how I am so glad that these women have a moral backbone and they're standing up to, you know, the they're standing up to wokeness and they're standing up to the left and blah 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 blah. So if someone displaying the inverse of your point bothers you, but if they were doing the same thing, it's that like con- confirming your point wouldn't bother you, then you're full of shit. OK, you're absolutely full of shit, which is exactly what they are, you know, and they have a lot of this is veiled misogyny. they are people saw a window to attack women, to attack a team that not only is obviously full of women, but, you know, has prominent women of color and within the LGBTQ community. And now they're like, oh, this is because they're woke. This is because they are leftists. This is because they're liberal. This is because they're gay. And all it is is failed misogyny. Like, if you want to say that you are dissatisfied with the results on the pitch, I'm right there with you. I thought that this was a team that could compete, that could have gone well beyond the round of 16 Um, and if you want to be upset with the players performance fine okay Alex Morgan wasn't great this World Cup fine the coaching was terrible this World Cup fine though you are all well within your right to criticize the team's performance that is fine okay but that's not what's happening what is happening is people are seeing an opportunity to attack women people are seeing an opportunity to attack women of color people are seeing on a window to attack women who are in the lgbtq+ plus community and they're using the performance on the pitch to fuel their own hatred towards that and it's really really upsetting because no one was satisfied with the end result we could have talked for days of how you know you, you know like it, it's it's a knockout game and your your best goal scorer is on the bench it's it's the round of 16, and you use one sap. You use, you only use one sub in regular time, and then you sub off your best player in extra time. The the player performing the best in extra time. We can we can talk about all that, and it's very. And I think if you if you remove all the bullshit, if you remove all these these biases that people have, it's very easy to look at this game and see how everything was approached and be like, yeah, the coaching was absolute dog shit. That's the problem, and this is some. This is what the Shea Butter Girls have been saying. This is what Diaspora United have been saying. This is what a lot of voices in women's soccer have been saying. Is that love it, love it? Is that the the co- the coaching wasn't there, and like like Jermaine, you mentioned, like the Shea Butter Girls have been saying this since the Olympics, and we've we've been on with them. I've heard them say it a bunch of times. Like the girls are gonna struggle in the World Cup because Vlad goes an idiot. He's an idiot. And this is the result. Um, So again, if you want to be mad at all that, be mad at all that. We're all mad at all that. We think this team could have done much better. All right. But for Carly Lloyd and Alexi Lalas to use this as an opportunity to push the political agenda because it serves them and because it makes them feel good. And at the end of the day, it gets them paid. At the end of the day, you know, and and at the end of the day, especially these right wing uh, conservative you know, talking heads are gonna lean into confirmation bias because that's what gets them clicks, that's what gets people paying for the Patreon, that's what gets people to subscribe to the podcast because they're catering to a very specific audience. Okay, that's what it is. Plain and fucking simple. Okay. And you know what? When Carly Lloyd played for us, no one gave a shit that she was a she she was a conservative or, or Republican or whatever. No one cares because we just wanted to watch the women win. But that 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 exchange is is, is not reciprocated because instead of wanting these women to win people like Carly and Alexis are using this to tear them down instead of building up the national brand which is very very on brand for those type of people all right and I don't want to give them any more time I don't want to say their names more than I have to so I just want to point out that Jamaica's the first team what men or women to make it to the round of 16 from the Caribbean first team since since cuba did it in 1938 that is something we should be celebrating fuck carly lloyd fuck alexi lawless
1: well damn i love that i love
0: that all day (laughs) shout out jamaica hey
1: all day all day yeah man carly yeah carly lloyd alexi lawless just just sit y'all ass down somewhere y'all i just keep talking foolishness and making our blood boil um But yeah, if y'all haven't already, man, please, please, please go listen to an episode or two or three or four of Shea Butter FC podcasts. They are just on point all the time. Go listen to an episode or two or three or four of the Diaspora United podcast. Uh, Listen to their crossover. (laughs) Listen to their crossover episode where they're all on together talking the same analysis about how terrible Flacco is as a coach i mean not not as a coach but he doesn't know how to use his players right he doesn't know how to put his players in the best position uh to succeed right and we saw that we saw that on full display you bring in two center backs and then play julie urts as one of those center backs when you have a a world-class center back on the bench you can use julie urts in the midfield it madness okay so there's that's just one example um So whatever. Uh, God bless the U.S. Women's National Team. (laughs) Shout out to the players. Um, You know, you know, Callie, when you said it's veiled misogyny, right? It is. Right. And it's and it's also veiled racism. Right. As you were alluding to. Right. I mean, it's not a surprise that this criticism against the U.S. Women's National Team is happening at the same time that the U.S. Women's National Team is getting younger. Right. It's getting more outspoken and, of course, it's getting blacker. Right. And so we have to we have to have that intersectional analysis, right? We have to have those intersectional lenses on at all times and understand um, that this is not a coincidence, right? This is not um, Alexi and Carly and a host of others, you know, critiquing the players because they felt like they had a bad World Cup, right? Alex Morgan had a terrible World Cup, right? That, that game against Sweden, she was terrible, terrible, right? I mean, in fact, she was, I mean, so the entire world cup she was she was pretty non-existent right so if you want to point fingers at players there's 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 players to point fingers at right um but what we're not gonna do what we're not gonna do is start talking about the culture of the team right the politics of the team right because that has nothing to do with the play on the field right you're talking about the world class players in Sophia Smith right world class players in crystal dunn and Lynn Williams right um and not a world-class coach right we just didn't know what to do with these players right and so um that showed in the world cup uh the u.s kind of got put in their place a little bit kind of humbled themselves you know or they got humbled a little bit on the on the international stage which is um you know as a jamaica supporter that's always a little fun to watch a little bit i'm not gonna lie I kind of it's kind of laughing a little bit when <laughs> when we found out it was a millimeter away from the <laughs> A little bit. Let me stop because people are going to hate me as it is. But um, uh, listen, listen, shout out to the U.S. Women's National Team. We love y'all. We love y'all uh, Black women. Uh, we love y'all Shea Butter. Keep doing y'all thing. Uh, keep speaking the truth because if y'all haven't been listening to them, they've been talking about this for years now, right? And I think Sylve just uh, uh, made a tweet today like, y'all getting paid to make these critiques about Black Co Now, right? But we've been saying this... <laughs> forever right and you know what i'm saying it's just a matter of these uh smaller outlets that don't get the attention that they deserve right so again always want to you know, give a big shout out to shape other diaspora united for for always doing the good work uh, there so uh that's our little world cup uh recap uh, they start back up tomorrow tomorrow night i believe spain and netherlands uh i believe it's tomorrow is it tomorrow is that right yeah yeah, yeah tomorrow yeah tomorrow night at nine o'clock Um, spain versus netherlands so you know keep around that um i'm rocking with colombia for the rest of the tournament uh y'all got any y'all got any favorites for the
0: for the rest of the tournament Uh, i'll take uh, you know what i'm gonna stick with colombia too uh linda with goal of the world cup probably (sighs) Uh, you can't go wrong that goal goal against germany oh my lord!
1: i will never forget that (laughs) It was such a beautiful goal, bro. The, the control, the touch, yeah. the movement with like the the ball is like just sitting in front of her, and she's like moving. She's sidestepping with it. It's just, it's just and then of course, the actual shot itself. Yeah. is just the really,
0: sidestep, um, and then placement in a split second. You bro, can't. I don't. Know. It's, it's, you can't that. You can't beat that, bro. It's, and she's eighteen. She's eighteen. That's the bro. crazy part this
1: against grown women like it's just this is a joke uh, all right so so colombia uh ad you got colombia uh cali who you who you looking at also france is still out there france is yeah, still out yeah i was gonna, I was gonna say I'm, I'm i'm
2: the thing is like the, the two teams I, I mean i love linda like I said, don't get me wrong and it's 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 tough because one of my favorite games this this round in the the quarter final now is gonna be this australia france game yeah, that's uh, it's probably for me honestly probably the the winner winner of that might might be the the team I kind of I kind of start pulling for. Um, Aust- Australia fair. is a lot of fun to watch, and I also love that they're called the Matildas. That's really cool. Um, and, and the thing is, it's like I was obviously pulling for for the U.S. and then you know wanting like you know Lauren James and you know, Kisato, like I like it's more players now, but now that the U, the, the U S is out, like just me chaos, man. I want to see some good games. I want to see some, I want to see some crazy shit happen now. So, wh- you know, whoever comes out on top at, after this, my tip of the cap, but this, uh, yeah, I'm really, really looking. It's, it's at 3 AM. So Lord help me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, any anyone from like Australia, France, England, Colombia, like I'll be really happy with, with them. Even the Netherlands, I think they're they're fun to watch, even though the, the you know can be a little bit of that boring, typical Dutch football. But, um,
1: <laughs> boring Dutch football. Yeah. Come on. Yeah.
2: Very, very, very. <laughs> they're very technically sound. They're they're very. They're, they are a good team. But uh, yeah, man, I just want I just want chaos. I want craziness. I can't wait to see Lauren James and, and Linda Caicedo square up now. That's gonna Ooh. that's gonna be wild.
1: Well, well, I don't think I don't think Lauren James is gonna be in that match. All
2: oh, right, she got the red card, so she she won't yeah, she card. won't be there. But uh, yeah. it's unfortunate, so it's unfortunate. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to Australia and, and France. I'm gonna force myself to wake up for that one.
1: But 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 yeah, it should be uh it should be chaos. I mean, the entire World Cup has, has literally been chaos. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, hopefully these these next final rounds. Uh, keep that same energy so um all right anything else y'all wanna y'all wanna say before we uh, sign off
2: uh last thing for me uh, you know obviously everyone's you know all the u.s supporters are, are upset that they got eliminated but i think what's being overlooked in all this is that just since the last world cup the women's game has come so far and th- there was a point that the the u.s women were so far ahead in terms of development in terms of uh resources and things like that um, that they were able to dominate for for what that 8 12 year stretch or so um, honestly for like the last almost 30 years at this point now if you're going if we're going all the way back to 94 uh, but it, it's awesome to see how far the women's game has come globally uh and how much growth we've seen even in the European leagues and especially in, in England and, and France and Spain. So, you know, just just keep watching, man. K- keep supporting women's football. It is it, it's an absolute there. There's so much talent out here, man. It is it's so much different from other women's World Cups because we're seeing the world catch up to to the U.S. now. And U.S. can't dominate like they used to. You know, and and I'm telling you, and I guess the final, you know, to speak to that, one of the final critiques I'll have of Vladko is that one of the best player, American players, the official just signed with Chelsea. You know, she's another one that scores a ton, and she got left at home. So, you know, team that struggled to score goals didn't didn't bring her on because we have to cater to to the old guard. But hopefully, this changes things now. But that's it. Keep watching, keep supporting women's football, man. It is a lot of fun to watch
1: word right i mean that's been like the story of the world cup um it's just how much like the level of the uh, of the women's game internationally has has risen right it's kind of put on full display uh this world cup ad final words what cali said perfect <laughs> all right y'all um thank y'all for rocking with us we will uh, be back again in due time i don't even want to say next week <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah, how the sure. league's cup goes and uh you know we'll see uh yeah we'll see how the league's cup goes and and the, and how the women's cup uh, sorry how the women's world cup uh ends um until then we are signing off and we will catch y'all next time peace
0: peace to Bumble,